Mount away. Mount still goes. Better than most. Better than most. Critical takeoff. He falls into the pit. He's going to get spat out. Please make welcome the Ball and All podcast, James Tiger Woods, Beric Eckerbarts, and the king of speaking in the third person, Steve Condor Condo Condon. Okay, it's Monday, it's September, and you can feel a buzz in the air. Semi-final time, uh... Welcome, Jared. Downtown Brizzy. How are you? Good, Stephen. Good. Yes. Um, you excited? Know. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I think it's a pretty open open series coming up. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the, the teams with expectation around the Panthers and the Broncos handle it. And I think there's a, an open door for some challenges. Right. Well, before we uh, get on to um, just a quick wrap up of the weekend and how we look, uh, how we see this week unfolding, a uh, bit of housekeeping. Um, Greg Bird Wednesday night pizza and pasta in Lennox Head. Uh, we're raising. Uh, hopefully, we're going to raise a little bit of money for uh, for Movember Men's Mental Health. Uh, and Jared, you've got a you've got a big one in Sydney on Friday. Yeah, we have. We've got the big uh, charity lunch on Friday at Roselle. Uh, Shane Flanagan, guest speaker. We've got an Adam Reynolds jumper. We've got a uh, Cameron Munster jumper. We've got a Reuben Cotter jumper, all signed, framed, being auctioned. Uh, guest panel with Lara Pitt and Zach Bailey and Shane Flanagan. And I might even get a gig in there somewhere. But it's this Friday at uh, Roselle. Any of our Sydney listeners who'd like to come along, I think we've got about 10 tickets left. We'd love to sell it out. It'll be a great afternoon. The Matrix on stage, ready to crunch some numbers. Yeah, might even grab the microphone, eh? There Give you a go. few tips for the weekend. Okay, that's fantastic. Right, oh well, uh, we know what's uh, what's going to play out this week. Now that it's, it's finalised, I think firstly we've ended up with uh, in the tipping comp. We've ended up with two on top: Kiwi Doc and uh, and Greg Murdoch have tied. They didn't take different tips. They were exactly the same, Jared. I think they're in cahoots. But we're going to separate them. We are going to separate them. It's going to be last man standing. Um, they are going to, so if they're listening or when they dial into the podcast, nobody else has to submit tips this week. It's over. We have Kiwi Doc and Greg Murdoch on 160 level and it's going to come down to the last man standing to win the two grand. So they will have to pick four tips this weekend. And if we have a winner after that, great. If we don't, we'll keep going. You, have, you, go. you happy with that, Jared? Yeah, I think that's the right way to go. Let's set, let's uh, separate them. Two grand up for up for grabs. No pressure at all. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's the fairest way to do it. Um, yeah, it okay, so we go we go into this week. Uh, quick wrap up. Let's just uh, let's just run through them um, from the weekend. Uh, yeah, there wasn't really a, a great deal to, to go through, was there? I mean, we had the, the Q Cup clash on Thursday night between the understrength forecast Storm. Yep. Storm got home late. Uh, absolute rubbish at uh, Brookvale on Saturday afternoon. You didn't know that's the fifth time in their last 10 years 
in the last round of the season that the West Tigers have conceded 50 or more. Mm. That just tells you about the last 10 years, doesn't it? Um, let's yeah. come back to the Rabbits Roosters because that's clearly the, 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 the Yeah, well, the let's, uh, let's, uh, what, I, what I was uh, planning to do, Jared, I'll just throw the sides up and we'll just have a one or two minute report card. So, yep. uh Broncos and Storm are still in contention. They're in the semis. Okay, Sea Eagles report card. They finish the season with 54-12 to 12 win over the hapless Tigers. How do you see them next year? Just a quick one. Well, positive building blocks. Positive building blocks. I think Brooks um, comes. Brooks comes. Uh, Brooks comes. They get uh, um, Turbo back at fullback. I think they've also found a very capable uh, fill-in at fullback in Cola um, and They've got some good balance in the middle. Yeah, good positive stepping stones. I just want to see them under pressure. They didn't really win many games under pressure this year. Uh, Tigers, uh, I'll do the report card there. I think Benji's really up against it. I'm not sure. I'm sure they're going to attempt to overhaul uh, the roster and bring in more experience, you know, and key members in key positions. Uh, which they've done in previous years. Um, it's not like they didn't add um, half-decent players this year. Um, I think that they'll be in the bottom couple again next year, unfortunately, unless there's oh, something, I, I something think we're you're not right, aware Steve. Of. Yeah, I think you're right. And listen, I got told a few things yesterday about uh, their current list management and uh, what they're doing, and it's just a, a disaster. You know, They've got people that uh, thought they were going to be a part of next year. They're tapping on the shoulder. And oh, that's really? their right, given that they've, they've performed so poorly. Uh, they've got uh, too many kids that are coming through who are yet to play first grade who are under contract who either next year or the year after are end, going to end up under the terms of their contract being considered NRL players for the top squad um, that they've got way too many of. Uh, the whole list management just really yeah. needs a lot of focus, a lot of work to do. Been out of whack. Okay, uh we go into the Dolphins. I think there's some really, really good green shoots, a really good performance on the weekend to finish. I know the Warriors were under strength and they rested players, but it still was a very spirited uh, win after coming off five or six losses. Um, they had some really good players next year. You know, Farnworth, uh, Flegler, um, Avarillo, and um, they've got a you know ever-building junior base. Yeah, 100%. I mean, the finish... Um Finished 13th where they did with nine wins. I expected, you know, three or four wins would have topped them out this year. End up with nine where they were uh, only a couple away from competing for a, uh, a top eight position. You know, very good season, and you're right. Unearthed some quality juniors. In particular, they've signed exceptionally well for next year. I'm sure they're going to be very strong and competitive, and that, Brown, uh, that Bennett factor just comes through strong and strong, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm. Uh, as soon as the the uh, the numbers go up, Jared, the markets go up. I'm going to back them for top eight next year. I think they'll, I think they'll sneak into the top eight next year. That's my call. Well, I think you're right. The problem is that uh, they're probably going to be quite well exposed. But um, great to watch. Uh, I, I think it's uh, you and I spoke about this on the weekend, but again, uh, it hasn't really been highlighted. But I'd like to highlight the fact that unfortunately, another club. The next season after Bennett has moved on, has failed to make the uh, make the semis in Souths. Um, so let's just touch on their report card now. Uh, well, you know, I mean, plenty of journalists are highlighting the fact that in the NRL period since it's been NRL, it's the worst fall f- 
from the top capitulation of a side that was leading the comp to miss the eight? Yes, it is. Four wins, last 13. Um, I think there's less Bennett factor here, and I think it's more internal. I think it's more about the coach. It's more about all of the other circumstances. Yes, they, uh, the media will probably try and highlight that because there are a few who like to try and take a dig at Bennett. Uh, but four wins, their last 13 games, leading the competition in round 11. Uh, since round 11, they've averaged 27 points against a week. Prior to that, it was 13. We all know that defence is about attitude. There's been attitude issues, uh, and it's all fallen apart. And they had their moments there on uh, Friday night. I expected that they would aim up and win. They didn't. Uh, I thought under pressure they didn't handle it well. Way too many errors um, and just couldn't use the ball properly. I can't remember. Sorry, you go. Well, I was going to say, I mean, Cody Walker... Uh, I'll give him the fact that he actually tried his heart out to try and create things for them, but he was left short with the right people running at holes, in particular on the left edge. There were at least um, three occasions where he created something, and on, on two occasions, you know, the, the ball went to the ground or uh, the player missed a play uh, that should have been either leading to tries or certainly decent line breaks. Um, yeah, they were a little unlucky to use, lose TAFE early, but yeah, they, they just weren't good enough. And you know, the Roosters got stronger as the game went on, and we'll come back to them in a moment. But a lot of soul-searching at the Rabbitohs. I'm not sure that White ends up being part of the solution moving forward. I just wonder whether he might end up being a bit of a spare wheel. Uh, but they've got a lot to sort out. I can't remember a club that are going to go into an off-season or a situation where you just sit there and think, oh, we just want to play another game of footy to put everything to bed. But it's going to be a really, really long off-season and a lot of uh, a lot of reviews, a lot of soul-searching. I would say um, obviously a bit of a shake-up of uh, what's going to be surrounding Demetrio as far as his um, coaching staff and all the rest of it. It's uh, it's going to be a very long off-season down there in uh, Matraville. Yeah, it is. And to be honest, they actually needed a win to finish this, uh, to at least try and put to bed some of yeah, correct. all of what's been focused on. And they didn't do that. If anything, they created more focus and dug a bigger hole. And uh, very, very disappointing end of the season. And you're 100% right. It's going to be a very long off season. Um, I would be looking next year, early thoughts to say that I've got a major question mark against them and I'd be willing to risk them in the first six weeks to see how they come up. Uh, Cowboys, for me, a really big disappointment. Um, We knew the reasons that they started slowly. They had so many uh, guys away with the the Kangaroos at the end of last year. They got into a bit of a groove um, and then they sort of did what we didn't expect. They sort of floundered coming into... uh, in the last four or five games that they needed to win, uh, home suspension was a really critical, um, you know, I suppose, fork in the road for them. Um, and they go out the back door well and truly beaten by a very up Panthers side uh, on Saturday, 44-12. Uh, long off-season well, up north. It, well, it is. And the, the issue of the last four or five weeks of some really poor defence and conceding really soft points, again, was highlighted in this loss. 
you know, leaking 44 to the Panthers, uh, not having that defensive resolve that was there when they had that win of six weeks in a row. And I don't know what, I can't put my finger on what, but when they went to the, to, uh, the Gold Coast to play the Titans and got beat in a major upset and then lost their next three or four, something led to them hitting the wall. Now, you know, two or three games later, they then lost homes and that certainly hurt them. But I don't know uh, whether they've just been way up and above um, in terms of attitude and effort and performance for a number of weeks, that that five or six-week winning run, and they couldn't sustain it. But, gee, they came crashing down and then just completely fell apart. One of the improvers, I think, after a lot of media speculation about their coach in the first uh, couple of quarters of uh, the year, the Dragons, Griffin moved on. Um, I think Ryan Carr's done a sensational job, very competitive to the end. Uh, I think there's green shoots there, Jared. Um, ben Hunt's press conference on the weekend, uh, very telling. He's not going anywhere. Um, yes, be interesting to see what Flanagan, Flanagan can do there with the, uh, the roster over the off-season. Um, who uh, who he brings in? Obviously, the guys that uh, aren't going to uh, be contracted contracted next year. He's already sort of informed and moved on. So, I'm interested to really see what sort of influence Flanagan has down there. A very experienced coach. Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought there were two parts to this game. Um, one was I, I thought the Dragons were really disappointing. Um, I thought they saved one of their Weaker offerings to their last game. This was a game where they should have been far stronger and far more competitive against a Knights team that had at least six outs and um, could have been just cruising. Um, I also question, sure, Ben Hunt's staying, but I thought his performance overall through the last six weeks when they've needed a strong leader has been poor. Um, I think there's way too much about Ben Hunt than there is Ben Hunt being a leader of the team. Um, and I hope that Flanagan can turn that around next year and get a lot more out of him as a captain and leader. Um, I was really impressed with the Knights. I was impressed about their attitude and their just the harmony and the unity that is there. You know, they 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 weren't there to be a thirty-two point winner on the weekend with six outs, um, playing at Cogra, already knowing their position for next week. Uh, they could easily have just gone through the motions and, you know, ended up with a 14-16 result. Uh, they were positive. Uh, they really came to play. They were really playing for the club and the top squad um, without those those key players. I, I was really impressed. I thought their attitude was fantastic. And it really stands them instead of what they've got in front of them. But it also underlines the fact that they've won nine wins and, You've made a point many times over the last four or five weeks about how happy they appear, uh, how on the same page. Uh, they want to play football. 10 out of 10. They really finished the season so strongly. Yeah, we'll get back to the Knights. Uh, up on the Goldie uh, was the end of the year for the Titans uh, in a really ordinary game against the Bulldogs. Um, Desi's going to put his stamp there in the off-season. There's no doubt about that. They do have a good roster. Um, it'll be interesting to see what Desi adds to that. Uh, the Bulldogs, terrible, absolutely terrible season. Um, supposed, supposedly a defensive coach. Oh, I don't know where the defence is in the Bulldogs. Um, quite obviously, we're going to see a lot of changes there in the off-season. 
Um, I'd imagine Gould and all his little helpers are going to turn that roster upside down and, you know, it'll probably do about four backflips before they end up with their top 35 or top 30 next year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it was. Uh, I, I expected much more from the Titans here. I, I was really disappointed. And to lead by 10 with five seconds to go and then concede that really soft try, uh, thanks very much if you're on the minus eight and a half as I was. I just about uh, threw something at the television. But, um, you know, we ended up with a 64-point game, absolute nothing game. I know there's a lot of criticism and focus, rightly so, around the Bulldogs and where they are. But the Titans have only finished one position above them on the ladder. Yeah, now, true. Yes, true. they've been decimated by some key injuries over the last four or five weeks. But, you know, they have not had a good season. They've not finished the season well. Yesterday sums up, in my opinion, against a really weak opponent who have been leaking 40 points every week. Uh, pretty much sums up their season and how much they've got to do. Right. Well, let's just do a quick uh, sort of preview or like, I suppose, just start of a preview of what we think, uh, reselections and injuries and uh, matchups for uh, the semis. So I think uh, the NRL have done a good job here. I think the way it plays out as far as the um, the scheduling. Uh, the, only, the only comment that I'd make is I, I, I think – I'm a big believer that I think when it gets to semi-final time, I think you got to revert to to, to larger stadiums. Like I, I think uh, you know, it used to be that you just went to the footy stadium there at Moore Park, and that's where the semis were. So we don't have to bang on about that. But I think um, there's a couple of games here that would be full to the rafters if they did. Uh, Friday night, um, the Storm are back. I'm sure they're probably staying on the sunny coast. They're back to play the Broncos. At Suncorp, you uh, expose the fact that they have such a good record. We're going to see two very different lineups um, from what we saw last week. The early mile is that uh, that Jesse Arfus is probably going to be on the wing there, um, and and uh, the big fella, he's going to be out. Um, Coates. Um, yeah, I, I I like that. I like the change. I think Jesse Arthur. Uh, shows a little bit more speed and a little bit more movement. And I think they need that on the wing. I think uh, uh, Oates, whether it's partly it's coming back Oates, from yeah. injury and fitness, um, uh, he just lacks some mobility and, and some speed. And, you know, I just thought he looked very slow uh, last Thursday night. I mean, this is a completely changed and different matchup to what we had last week. Clearly, both teams will be back at full strength. Are you Melbourne hearing that all the Broncos step- will be there? Like Reynolds? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, Carrig- they all yep. trained yesterday. Carrigan? All trained yesterday and trained super. There you go. I had the drones out. Um, uh, everybody uh, had a spring in their step um, and trained very well. Uh, the market has the Broncos starting at minus four and a half. I think that's about right. Okay. Uh, I know that Clearly, as I've touched on before, the Storm have this amazing hold over them. But this is this is a really good game. I think the market's right. Um, my early tip would be being with the Broncos. Gee, it's going to be a good one. Can't wait for that one. Okay, no, we be. go uh, Saturday. We'll, we'll just go quickly through these because we're going to do an in-depth uh, sort of rundown of what we think on Thursday. But uh, we get head down to Panthers. Um, this juggernaut just, just does not stop. They were so impressive on the weekend. Um I'd imagine Cogger will start at 5'8". Uh, yep. Lula probably won't play the first week. And they're going to take on the Warriors, who will have a lot of support down there. But um, 
I don't know. I still think that they've limped into the semis a bit, Jared. We've been very upbeat about them, but gee, it's going to take a big performance to stay with the Panthers for 80 minutes. Yeah, their form in the last five or six weeks doesn't make them competitive here. They need to they need to pull something uh, out of their uh, bag of tricks. Um, I'm sure Webster does have them up. I'm sure he's just been ticking over, and this is the week where he really gets into them and lifts them. And um, full house, be cracking game, but certainly the Panthers look way too strong. It's not like Webster doesn't know what to expect going back to Panther Pantherville. He's uh... He was the assistant uh, coach out there, the attack coach for a lot of years, so he knows what to expect. So, be interesting to see if well, the Warriors so, are up uh, for it. Well, I'll say one thing about the Warriors: if we go back to Anzac Day, where we were still trying to get a bit of a handle on the early season positive form of the Warriors, of whether there was any depth to that, and they went to Melbourne to play the Storm in that traditional Anzac Day clash, where they were decided underdogs and absolutely came out of the blocks and were very fired up and really stuck at the storm in the first 30 minutes. I think that's the style of Warriors we'll see this week. Okay. Um, Saturday evening, we are down at Shark Park. The Sharks get the home semi against the Roosters, who I must say were impressive. Uh, I think their key guys are back in form. I know they're missing a few. JWH won't be, won't be playing in the semis. I don't personally. I don't think you want to be playing the Roosters in the semis. I thought that performance, especially in the in the second half with their key guys, Tedesco, uh, Kiri, outstanding. Um, Sam Walker, uh, last two weeks he's been back in first after his knee has been outstanding, and uh, God love him, Brandon Smith running into a bit of a uh, bit of form. You know the Roosters make the top eight. They've not been in the top eight since round ten. Mm. So we've, we've had 17 rounds with them on the outside, end up winning under pressure, aimed up, won their last five games, had a result go their way, and now they're into a semi-final. I think the key thing of their last five wins is conceding 16, 14, 12, 8, 12. Their defence is and their resolve, especially it's in back their on. back end, is back on. Yeah. Great match-up, really good game. Yeah, I think the Roosters will get the chockies there. That's my early call. Uh, I agree. Sunday Arvo, packed house, Newcastle going for 10 in a row um, up against Sookie Bubs Raiders. Uh, I'd imagine their winger won't be uh, taking any part after that tackle yesterday. He'll probably get a reasonable suspension. Um, you touched on the performance against the Dragons. I think this is the other side for me into the semis that you do not want to play. They are happy. They're playing a great brand of football. They're at home. I just can't see the Raiders staying with them. Well, I think we're going to end up with four sold-out stadiums this weekend, Stephen, which I think is the first for the game. And this will be the one that probably sells out the quickest. I know there's only 18,000 seats at Cronulla, but um, it'll be you know high 20s, close to 30,000 sell-out. Um, I'd say you know 95% of that will be all Knights supporters. The town will be up and about behind him this week. I thought Adam O'Brien's press conference was excellent. He spoke common sense about embracing the week, embracing the town, embracing the spirit, but also then knuckling it down and getting off the job. And uh, I love what they're doing. And, and they've ended up on the right side of the draw, Steve, because if we quickly just focus on that looking ahead, um, you know, the, the lose of 
the Panthers Warriors plays the winner of the Knights Raiders. Ah. So on form, and if we took the market as a guide, we'd expect that we have the Warriors back to New Zealand next week at home against the Knights. Knights. So that would be a cracking match-up. And then on the other side of the draw, I mean, the Sharks, Roosters at the moment, I think the Roosters are maybe very small favourites, but it's very even. Uh, The Broncos are favourite against the Storm. If we ended up with a Storm, well, Sharks-Roosters match-up, again, we've got some cracking games next week while two teams end up with the week off and cross over and stay on either side of the draw. Yeah, okay. Very good point. Very good point. Yeah, well, I, I don't know. I just sense that the Knights will run through brick walls at the moment for their coach. They look so happy. Um, I I reckon we can 100% guarantee that if they are beaten in the semis, they are going to go down like it, it'll go down to the wire, I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think we're going to see a team come from outside the top three that wins the competition. And history tells us that over the last 27 years and I'll roll all those stats out on on Thursday, but you want to be in the top two in defence and you want to come from a position in the top three on the table to win the competition. But of those that are sleeping in the bottom of the eight, I think the two teams that have a little bit of form around them and a bit of momentum and are getting better by the week are certainly the Knights out of fifth and certainly the Roosters out of seventh spot. Righto, well, that's the wrap. We will be back on Thursday. Kiwi Doc and Greg Murdoch, contact Condo on Instagram, the ball and all, um, to have your tips in on Thursday afternoon, Thursday evening. Um, we'll call it 7.30 cutoff, so it's nice and clear. Um, and on we roll, Jared. We'll be back Thursday. Steve, the other big thing happening this week is the NFL starts this Friday, Australian time. Big NFL season ahead, and I cover that on the website. So anybody out there who loves the NFL, we'll be covering a bit, a bit of highlights on the podcast each week. But certainly I'll be uh, covering that. Made 25 units profit with our plays on NFL last year. If they head to the website, there's a discount there for an early season pass. So uh, looking forward to that. Some of the changes and everything focused into the new NFL season is fantastic. And we kick off with a cracking game with... Uh, the up-and-about Detroit Lions, who have been cellar dwellers for many years, who everybody is expecting to be much more competitive this year, play the Kansas City Chiefs as the opener for the week. Can't wait. Catch you on Thursday. See ya. Gunsmoke here. We only set fire through the microphones. (laughs) 